going on guys this is uh your host james and welcome back to another episode of more than a podcast as always you know i'm here to bring you guys more of the greatness so let's jump right in let's get right into it so um a lot of stuff this week a lot of awesomeness um you know it's really been a very amazing week hopefully you guys have been having an amazing week as well um if not hopefully next week gets better but I wanted to talk about some, uh, some, you know, some uplifting stuff. You know, I know uh, my last uh, couple episodes, um, you know, a little doom and gloom. But we're going to talk about some some amazing things today. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about my top ten Nintendo DS games, games that I feel like I just have to have um, in the respect of uh, that past console. We're going to talk about some Far Cry Six. Also going to mention a little bit about Metroid Dread and uh, what my plans are uh, with the release coming up. I believe it's already out uh, as of this recording, or if if not, it's on the way. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, Netflix and a couple of their shows, uh, one being The Squid Game. And uh, first, we're going to talk about Dave Chappelle and uh, his recent uh, controversy over his new special. So, um... So if you don't know, um, Dave Chappelle, comedian, uh, he recently had or, you know, he it, it's known that he has a, a really lucrative agreement with Netflix to basically, um, you know, offer them exclusive specials. And to be quite honest, um, you know, as a on and off subscriber, a lot of times being a subscriber only so I can check out Dave Chappelle. I thought his specials have been pretty funny. I think um I don't think that there's any that I did not particularly enjoy. Um, There are some that I find a little funnier than others. Um, But this is one of the specials that I haven't caught yet uh, called The Closer. Um, And it's been getting a lot of uh, a lot of polarizing opinion. You know, a lot of people are saying that, you know, it's just funny Dave Chappelle and he's at it again and he's just the greatest comic that that's living today and some are just like you know what they're fed up they've had enough because the subject matter of his comedy shows is just a little too sensitive um so i and i say that because you know especially with the with the uh last special that i did see i think it was called sticks and stones and you know like the one thing that i've learned over the time of watching dave chappelle is that this guy's not going to cut corners when it comes to comedically expressing his opinion and his views. And it's like, you know, from my, from my perspective, I don't think the guy's trying to be, uh, you know, I don't think he's trying to like thrash the water just for the attention of, you know, those that he brings up in subject. I just really think that, you know, as someone who fears nothing, he's going to express exactly how he feels about any and everything. So that said, you know, he's recently, you know, had a lot of opinion about um, the uh, LGBTQ community, um, you know, the trans community, um, specifically in this last uh, uh, special. And, you know, I mean, a lot of his a lot of his jokes kind of revolve around um, the confusion on how he is supposed to deal with, you know, um, any particular person in within the community. Um, It's not like he's hating. He's not bashing or anything. He just has a very objective way that he's that he's uh, he's viewing it. And uh, a part of the controversy uh that was brought up in this recent uh special was that he compared the uh the way that we accept uh the lgbtq community um versus how we accept um i guess he he i don't think he called the baby who is a rapper i don't think he called him a murderer but you know he painted it as you know this guy 
can go and you know shoot a person and kill him but you know damn if you try to damn if you hurt you know a trans person's feelings you know so you can kill somebody but you better not you know hurt and so it's it it can almost it can almost be marked as unsensitive um i personally don't take it that way but again i'm not um somebody who is within that community i support the community but you know like i i'm not gonna feign to understand how any person feels about any of that so if people do feel slighted you know then i would definitely agree um you know but at the same time you know i just take it as you know one dave Chappelle's never going to give a damn about what people um i mean he he cares in the nature of sensitivity and how it can personally affect people but when it just come but i mean every like the the thing that he's that that i feel like he's expressing is that everybody is entitled to their opinion and as dave Chappelle, he's not gonna hold back how he feels about any one thing and again he's not hating on anybody uh within uh the community it's just he's expressing a a point and trying to make light of it and a lot and again a lot of people just aren't feeling the jokes so a lot of people are calling for the special to be taken down um you know they did this with stick and stones as well i remember it was such a huge thing because i believe it was that special where he had um this joke about being in the car with uh different uh people within the community you know and he was saying like the g's and the b's and the t's and 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 to me it was funny um but i can understand how to people within that community listening to that joke may not be as humorous because of the things that they deal with on a day-to-day basis so um but you know like my opinion is like again it's all jokes and if there's something that he's missing um instead of approaching it in an inflammatory way um instead of trying to lynch or cancel dave Chappelle, you know i think it's easier and better that we just speak upon the uncomfortable nature of 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 our of our feelings and our standings and just just make people aware of what it is that we don't appreciate not just oh he needs to be canceled because this special is just so insensitive it's like okay well what about it is insensitive to you like where exactly within you know in the context of his jokes do you find the height of your offense so then at that point i would assume dave Chappelle would deal with it and i've i've read articles saying that he's made statements about um you know the recent controversy and whatnot i haven't read the articles um do i think he needs to make a statement i think he absolutely does but i think it just needs to be seen that look it's this is comedians comedians make jokes about all type of things you know all type of things you know not only themselves and we go and we laugh you know and it doesn't make us any more spiteful or neglecting towards anything that they're speaking about you know it's not like he's pushing out this narrative saying like oh you know we need to be against you know uh the lgbtq community no he's not saying any of that you know his his from what i get his point is you know it's it's a confusing community and you know it's a it's a lot to understand it's a lot to you know to to uh to observe and he just really doesn't comprehend everything the way that people within the community do but again i just think that that's just uh things that are lost in translation i don't think that he's in a I don't think he's in the wrong. I don't think the community's in the wrong for the way they feel. I think that, you know, overall, um, you know, everybody just needs to kind of woosah and just find a, a good, clear way to get, you know, to a resolution. So hopefully, hopefully he reaches out to some, to some, um, you know, some people within the community who, you know, have a large platform and, um, you know, give them a chance to understand, you know, the full intention of his shows and, and, and if, if, you know, have them speak in part of those within the community and say what it is they don't appreciate. And if he's able to listen openly about that, then I think, you know, they, you know, we will all get further, um, you know, um, as opposed to just, you know, like I said, canceling, 
<clears throat> just canceling people because canceling people just is never the answer. I mean, and that's that's really how our society runs today. It's like the minute we find out that someone does an inkling of something we don't like or express an opinion that we don't, you know, necessarily necessarily vibe with, then ultimately we want them canceled, shut down and taken away from any form of, of public communication. And I just I don't think that's right. But, um, you know, it is what it is. So hopefully that does pan out and, and become something uh, more positive. Um, in other news, um, the um, there's a show that I've been seeing featured on YouTube, like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it's called The Squid Game. And honestly, I have no clue what this is. I've seen this. Um, like I said, I've seen various, uh, you know, things like oh things you've missed in the squid game the top games in the squid game i'm like what the heck is this so and apparently it's been out for i want to say like maybe a week or two i don't know um but i finally went and see the thing about me is i'm really bad like nowadays like now that i'm older like i don't pay as much attention to like media and whatnot so like i'm not really i, I usually am not privy to like when new movies are releasing or you know new music is out or even games it's like so much harder because i'm i'm so responsible for other things in life it's just like i don't have that time to like really be tapped in so when i saw i, I finally went and saw the trailer for the squid game and i i gotta say i was i was impressed um i was mostly impressed because um you know like i do like uh uh cinema from you know, the Asian countries, I love all of their cinema, no matter what country it comes from. Uh, Asian cinema is just like amazing. Um, I do like when they do this uh, game style horror action kind of movie. Um, there was one that I previously watched and it was one that I think it had something to do with like uh, cards and stuff. And you had to go find cards. But, you know, like the cards meant that you were going to be teamed up with certain people and you know you had to do these certain tasks and whatever and it squid game looks something similar to that um i know in the trailer that i watched there was this big doll and it said something about playing stop and go i think it was and uh as soon as like they saw that there was some kind of movement then um it started shooting at people and i was just like okay yeah that's that's a little that's a little crazy so um again i'm kind of hyped to see it because i've seen things similar it also reminds me a little bit of like battle royale um you know back in the day so yeah i i and apparently it's just really really taken off on netflix see this is what netflix does and and this is what i actually appreciate about them because i i constantly do cancel netflix like a lot like it, it's literally a routine for me it's like if there's nothing that's constantly on netflix then i don't see the reason to, to pay for the subscription which is something honestly i think they need to work out and balance in their boardroom because here's the thing I'm not the only one, you know, I think for the majority of people, I don't think that there's anybody who treats Netflix as a set it and forget it because the price is so high. It actually means something in a trivial state when you think about paying that subscription versus doing something else. If it was less, like if it was just, you know, $7.99, $9.99, then it'll be okay. But I think this thing is like over 10 bucks. So 10 bucks is pretty significant when like again in the consideration that i may need 10 bucks more to get a game i want or i need to eat lunch you know like like at this point you're literally taking lunch out of my mouth so um so yeah it does become a factor where i'm just like yeah i'm gonna cancel netflix for a little while until something new comes out and so now <clears throat> you know with the like i was saying about the dave Chappelle thing that i haven't watched um and now the squid game it's like okay let me go back and you know, resubscribe for possibly a month and, you know, and check out this squid game. I, I've done the same thing with every other uh, subscription service. The only one where I am able to just kind of like set it and forget it is Disney plus because it's such a trivial amount. It's like $7 and, you know, I'm getting some pretty sweet stuff for seven bucks. And it's like, even when I do catch myself the day before I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to cancel, I'm just like, it's not even like worth it. Like, it's not even worth me going through the motion because, you know, 
tomorrow there's going to be another episode of what if or something and and i'm going to want to watch it so seven dollars what is that so yeah like you know it it just depends on on how much you're charging and i honestly just i like it's so funny because netflix (laughs) their 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 automated marketing just is so atrocious because you know they uh they send you these emails. Oh, we missed you. And won't you come back? There's some good stuff now. You know, if it's about the price, we got this. We got you covered. It's like, dude, no, because you don't understand the way that you lay things out. You clearly are defining that, you know, me taking a more frugal stance is giving me less of an experience, you know, like so why do I even want to make that choice? And, and it and to be quite honest, I have made the lesser choice and just got the SD and whatever. And I, I you know, from previous times having like the highest uh, tier of their service, I've seen no immediate difference. No immediate, no immediate difference whatsoever. Maybe I need to look at a YouTube video, look at them side to side or something, and see if there is. But like for me, like i'm, I'm kind of like in that in that realm of uh hgtv where like i really can't tell like i can i could tell like right at the cusp of like new technology so you see these tvs at best buy or wherever you get your tvs from and <clears throat> you know they have their display channels that are showing you you know tigers you know creeping through the the thicket or you know kids splashing water and you know they look like oh the water's gonna get on me it's like <laughs> like yeah you can see it then but it's always funny because like everything that everything that they show you in the stores on those display tvs these are not the channels you're watching and not every channel that you watch is you know is uh subject to show you things in such a high fidelity so it's kind of like you're just you're basically burning you know burning yourself out buying these uh these big old tvs when you're not gonna have that you know that that experience per the technology they're putting in in the tvs unless you're playing games because when you're playing you know uh games it's like they build games so they can take advantage of all that technology so it's like a perfect marriage i still today don't have like a super duper um television set i still don't have a next-gen console which you know if you guys listen to previous episodes i'm not really on board with a lot of what's going on uh with the consoles these days um i am thinking of alternate uh methods of of you know staying relevant with games but you know if it comes to microsoft or sony i'm like i'm just kind of done with them so um but with that said uh maybe you guys are focused on some other new releases uh one of the new releases that i know is uh recent is metroid dread now this is you know metroid dread when i saw the trailer about a month back um i gotta say it 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 really did get me interested in a franchise that i have little to no interest in um i you know like i grew up playing the original metroid um but it was just one of those things that i just prefer to watch someone else play um never got into it on the game boy you know samus returns never got into super metroid watched a friend beat that up um never got into the prime series never never played the other m none you know like i've i've always known these games existed but i never had anything that made me feel like i wanted to gravitate towards a series and to be honest it wasn't until i played a game uh back on i want to say the original xbox or it could have been the 360 no it was a 360 because I believe it was a free game with with the 360, and it was it was called Shadow Complex, and uh, Shadow Complex was a game that was built as kind of like a pseudo Metroidvania. Like you you had a lot of backtracking to do. You got these weapons that made you more powerful, and these uh, tools that gave you access to areas that you couldn't reach before. You know the whole nine yards, um, and then it made me. F- think like man i've played something like this before and what i played before that was everybody's favorite castlevania symphony of the night which is a lot of the same but with its rpg elements it just makes it a totally different experience um but with those two titles i said man maybe i would enjoy a metroid game and i've tried several times to get into metroid and i've gone to super metroid which people say is like the best one period hands down and you know i just i cannot get into it 
I cannot. But there's something about Metroid Dread, especially with me coming off of like a game like uh, Bloodstained, where that's also in the vein of this kind of, you know, hyper map that just extends to all these different areas and you go and you get all these different tools and abilities that give you access to places that you were just like, ah, I just really want to get over there. Um, it, you know, like what I saw in the trailer, I was like, okay, this actually looks a little bit, this looks fun, <clears throat> you know? Um, and I'm, it's not so, it's not so much that I'm toying with the idea of getting it. I'm pretty sure I'm going to grab Metroid Dread, but you know what the funny part about it is, is that I've been kind of off of my switch for the longest time and it's not because I haven't had anything to play, but it's because <clears throat> I'm so sick of the drifting on my Joy-Cons. And it's like, I don't like, you know, they're, they're you know, I, I hear people all the time. They say, oh, well, why don't you just send them to Nintendo and they'll fix them? Yeah, that's a process. Because then I had to wait. You know, oh, why don't you just get some more? Why do I have to justify broken Joy-Cons by buying more Joy-Cons which have the potential to break like those then I have extra Joy-Cons and they're all just broken you know it's like why I don't understand how console makers or hardware developers are making technology in this forward progressing you know day and age that can't simply stand the test of time I mean people are still playing original NES's and SNESs and Sega Genesis, like with the original controllers with no, you know, issues at all. Now, granted, these controllers are not built with the same complexities as the technology that's built into, you know, these current generation systems. But you guys are in R&D and, you know, quality control all day long. And you can't tell me that, you know, you release a system without the understanding that these controllers have this potential, this heightened potential to just go completely left. And I mean that in the very literal sense. And so I don't know, like I, 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 I want to play Metroid Dread, but then I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to turn around and I'm going to have to pay 70 bucks for joy cons. Then I got to pay 60 bucks, which I, I don't know. I, I don't know how much the game is full price, but I'm going to end up having to pay for that. And it's just gonna be a lot in in one swing, in one swoop. Now, if my if my switch just worked and my Joy Cons just worked, I would have no problem picking up this game. But it's the trivia, it's the trivia of wondering how am I gonna get this played when I have crappy Joy Cons. So that is something that is on the table, but I'm not quite sure when I'll be able to do it. But one game I am interested in grabbing like pretty soon is uh, Far Cry Six. <clears throat> Far Cry 6 actually just released um and whoa <laughs> like that game looks really good. The only thing that now I won't say the only thing cuz there's a few things that has me hesitant. So the one the one major thing is that I've never played a Far Cry before. I played Blood Dragon but I only played like an inkling of it like just a little bit and I was like okay this is clearly not the uh the original game. Um but for what it's worth, it's like I haven't found myself gravitating towards any of the original titles. Like, yeah, people talk about all of the villains that are within each of the, the main titles and how they're so awesome. And, yeah, they look cool. And I, I watch a lot of the dialogue. And, you know, I think it's definitely a motivation to play through a game like that so that you can, you know, end the life of, you know, these these dastardly evil, evil people. But I don't know, like I like. I mean, we're up to six now, and I've never sat down to play any of them. But for some reason, this one actually looks really, really fun. Um, but there's this slight hesitation that I have, and it's based on the fact that it's an Ubisoft game. And before, you know, I know, I know, you know, you probably whipped your neck back like, what? You know, Ubisoft is awesome. Like, yeah, they're awesome. But if you really look at it, what is what is Far Cry Six? Is Ghost Recon? Is Assassin's Creed? Is Watch Dogs? It's all the same game. It's just different backgrounds. <laughs> That's it. It's literally the same games. Like I like when like when I like when I look at you know like whenever they do the pause menu right, and I look at the pause menu for 
um, Assassin's Creed and they show the character standing there. It's the same as Far Cry. It's the same as Ghost Recon. It's just the same. It's the same exact way. Like, yeah, you're using different weapons. Yeah, you got different characters, but the layout is always the same. So, I, you know, like, I just don't want to feel like this is just a, a paint job, <clears throat> you know, over a over a base technology that's in, in several different other games. Because then it just doesn't justify it for me. And I know most of you are thinking like, oh, well, why don't you just focus on the story? That is true. But... Is as in, I. Uh, I think the only game that Ubisoft has put out in recent memory, where I was just completely enveloped in the story, is Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and it's only because I have, uh, I have a deep love for, uh, for Greek history, and mo- more notably uh, Greek mythology, which has little to do with the historic content of that game. Up, up into the DLC, I believe. But outside of that, it's like, it, it's such a great game. Um, but I just can never get myself to feel any different when I'm playing a di- when I'm playing another type of game to say like, oh, this is vastly different than, than, than the other one over here. Like, it's never that different. It's never that different. But, uh, but again, I've, I've watched people play online, uh, Far Cry 6. Um, it does have like, a small iota of, of interest in me and I do think I'm gonna uh you know uh bite the bullet and go ahead and grab it so I might have some uh some some review uh kind of lined up for the next episode but we'll see um we'll see how that works so um man what I really want to talk about so I recently got um a 3ds um uh most notably because uh omega quarantine um got me a game sent me a game uh uh legend of zelda and uh i grabbed the 3ds for it and you know it's so funny because i've been playing i've been playing that game but i've just been really focused on um reach re uh igniting my nostalgia for ds games because to me even though, like, if you ask me, like, what was the best uh, Nintendo handheld, I mean, I could argue that it was out of the Game Boy Advanced and the DS. And I would probably put the DS over it slightly. And it's only because I just feel like I had more games that I truly, truly, truly appreciated. And regardless of anything that I play today... I'm always thinking about these games and how I can play them. Um, so now that I have this 3DS, it's like, man, um, let me focus on getting these uh, DS games. So what I did was I made a list of uh, 10 DS games that, in my opinion, these are like my must plays, must haves. If I'm on a trip or I'm in a hospital or just if I'm somewhere where I just really need to have some time and i'm going to be playing ds games all day these are the 10 games that i want in my corner and i know you know you guys are not going to hear certain titles you're going to be like where's your mario this or where's your legend of zelda that look i understand what the top games are but these are the 10 games that make me happy as far as like what the ds offered so that said the first game that i would definitely 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 have to make sure i have is uh the world ends with you and the world ends with you is such a dynamic game and i still recall the day that i bought it because i was at a point in my life where i could afford to go to a game store any given sunday pick up whatever i wanted you know walk out with two or three games and be solid and at the time i had a ds and i you know i was just wanting for some kind of you know, robust story, some kind of RPG, wasn't really sure. And I ran across The World Ends With You and um, the cover art. And I said, okay, this looks a little hip, looks a little modern. And uh, when I noticed that it was made by Square Enix, I said, okay, I have to give this a try. And 
you know what what's what's so surprising about that game is that it's everything you don't expect it to be and once you learn how to navigate with the mechanics that are given to you it is one of the most fun games i've ever played in my life it is so amazing and um i still remember like you know they have their system uh where you uh collect uh pins or buttons i don't know how you guys call them but um you know they give you different attributes and different skills and so from that point you know you're mixing and matching and that basically gave me a little nostalgia because i was thinking about uh, the materia from uh, Final Fantasy VII. So I'm, now I'm just like, okay, now I'm just trying to build the ultimate, you know, um, you know, opposition so that I can go against these enemies and just wreck them every time they come out. And, you know, there's a lot to the plot, a lot to the story. I won't get into all that. Um, but I would say if you've never played The World Ends With You, I know they recently came out uh, with a sequel uh, for current generation consoles, but the original is definitely worth your time to just check out even if you're just looking at uh youtube playthrough or something just see where this foundation started it's such a beautiful uh and awesome game the music's great the setting's cool um you know the 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 way that they utilized a lot of the technology with the ds it was it was pretty awesome so that would be like one of my first it wasn't my, it wasn't my first recently i actually got another game and i'll tell you guys about that but definitely uh one game that i would have to have in my rotation of 10 games if i had to bring them uh my next one will be professor layton uh and the curious village now i'm not really big in the puzzle games but if you give me an incentive or if, if completing a puzzle gives me the incentive of following a good story, then uh, I'll bite. So I remember uh, this game coming out, and I think I followed a lot of its information um, online, and I think uh, maybe in some uh, latter magazines that were still releasing at the time. You know, because back in my day, uh, we used to have video game magazines at, that would come every month, and whether I got them at home in the mail or uh, was reading them and in the magazine section at Barnes and Noble. Um, yeah, I would, you know, look to see what games were coming out, what was current, what was, you know, new, what was hip. And Professor Layton um, was a game that had already had a uh, had a release, but I didn't pay too much attention to. But this one just seemed to catch my attention a little bit more. So I went ahead, went and got this game, and you know, it, it, it it's so fun because you know like especially if you're into like brain teasers um and you know kind of like sh puzzle shifting you know uh uh you know things like uh, well puzzles <laughs> uh but if you're into you know things that kind of make you think just beyond the basis of following a story man it's it's just super cool and then again the incentive is you solve the puzzles and you move you know you move the story along so if you're really engaged in that story then it just incentivizes you to really get good at those puzzles um so yeah i would totally bring that just as a brain teaser or something to just kind of get me uh challenged versus me just you know challenging oppositions and and fighting games and action games and things of that sort um but with that said my next game would totally this this will be the first that i i get you know this was yesterday um but this is actually the second game that i got um in my current collection of getting my getting my collection back up and running um and it's castlevania order of ecclesia now i now people can argue this all day long and you know i i personally don't have too much to offer as far as any of the other um handheld castlevania games out short short of harmony of dissonance uh which was a game boy advance uh, uh entry but you know people feel a certain way about every single uh handheld entry but to me castlevania order of ecclesia is the best that they have done on on handheld even even going into 3ds like 
this right here was where it all just came to a, a height that they have yet to reach, in my opinion. Um, I really enjoyed the protagonist. I enjoyed the reason I enjoyed the protagonist so much. And I know, you know, I've said this and people have argued and said, well, if you if you appreciated the fact that, you know, she wasn't your typical whip wielding hero, then you would have liked, uh, you know, the the I guess they call it the 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 Soma Cruz series um, because he doesn't traditionally use um, a whip either. And I don't I don't know what it was about that series versus Order of Ecclesia. I just felt like Order of Ecclesia, which is its own sol uh, solitary game, was just more original in its approach. And I really enjoyed the factor of like the glyphs and collecting the glyphs in order to do different abilities and, and things of that sort. Um, it just man, it was so fun. And the fun fact is and people don't know this. But if you ever considered how a game like Bloodstained Curse of the Moon could be so awesome, this game, Castlevania Order of Ecclesia, is the foundation and the inspiration of said game. So check it out. Look at them side by side. I'm not going to say it's exactly the same game, but but it definitely was the base. I mean, uh, uh, the developer is the same exact guy. So that so that that that's that's one part of, of the whole, you know, uh, scenario. But, you know, even in my opinion, it's like, OK, he came out to make an original game after he left Konami and was no longer going to be making Castlevanias. And which blueprint did he follow? He followed Order of Ecclesia because, again, to me, it was the most original. It was the most fun. Um, and and. I actually have my my copy on the way. I actually think it's supposed to be in the mail today. So maybe by the time uh, you guys listen to this, I'll be playing it. I don't know. Um, my next game is actually a game that I would I, I prefer to have as kind of like my, you know, slow down, just kick back and just relax type game. Um, and it's Hotel Dusk Room 215. Um, what I enjoy about this game is that it is a visual novel interactive visual novel where uh you control uh a i guess detective uh named kyle hyde and you check into uh, a hotel in los angeles called hotel dusk and um you know there's just this whole big um mystery that that surrounds the whole hotel and things are going on and there's all these different characters and whatnot and and you know, it's it's such a good game. And I remember when I originally got it, um, you know, the things that stuck out to me was the art style for one. Like the art style is just really, really cool. I really enjoy how how um, it's kind of like um, interactive. Well, yeah, interactive drawings like they're 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 stenciled out drawings of the characters, um, you know, in black and white. They do show in color. Uh, kind of like a watercolor when it when they introduce them with their names and whatnot, um, but for the most part, um, they're just uh, you know penciled out characters, and you know they have these kind of motions where they look like they're moving, but it, but you can you can also tell that this is this is with the limitation of the DS back then, but man they they hit it on the head, and it, it's such a good story, it's such a great game. Um, it's not really a game that you can fail at and game over, um, but for what it's worth, it will stump you a bit. Um, there are places you need to be, people you need to speak with. Uh, you know, there's forms of interrogation. There's item collecting. You know, so there there's a lot, and it's just it's so fun. Um, not the not the most not the best looking game. But it's some of the best fun I've had on the DS and currently have today. It's literally the first DS game that I purchased um, as I've gotten my my new 3DS. I went, I immediately went out and got Hotel Dust because it's it's just fun. Um, the next game that I would have to have, and this one's this one's so left field, and I don't think a lot of people know about this game, and it's such a shame. And it's Elite Beat Agents. Um, Elite Beat Agents is literally Nintendo's take 
on um the music rhythm genre so you know you everybody's playing their guitar heroes and their rock bands and whatnot um but this wasn't quite that i mean it's still a rhythm game and you had to use the stylus and you know it's kind of like a lot of tap here tap there drag here drag there um the game that you would most likely compare it to today are the uh persona uh dancing games there's two of those there's one for three and one for four and um actually i think there's three of them now i'm not sure but uh, but i know there are persona dancing games and they basically they're like that um the the only thing that i would say uh was really cool about elite beat agents is that they were using licensed songs um for for their you know levels and what was always really cool was it it was just this over the top design it was so quirky it was very japanese um you know i i love the i love the japanese uh graphics of expression like when people are really upset they have these big curved white eyes and open mouths with fangs and you know the big red kind of uh, um outline plus sign on the side of their head to show stress or agitation it just all of that stuff is just super funny to me and i love it and um you know playing le- playing levels to you know avril lavigne's skater boy was just like yo what are we doing right um which was also very unexpected like i didn't expect nintendo to be a, a company that would invest in you know licensing songs for uh, a game which i think it did spawn a sequel but i think its sequel stayed um exclusive to japan because this is one of those games where you know japan tries to tries to you know take a chance on on uh giving us you know domestically something that they find very very you know appreciative in their country and people don't bite because they don't understand it and then it just kind of gets lost in the sauce and i i man i think this game should have gone on for like at least three or four games um definitely thought it should have made a transition to the nintendo wii um would be really cool to see it um on on the switch right now um because they could they could do it with the technology it would be totally easy to do it um but man it was so fun that over the top humor and graphics and and you know they did it in like a when you were dancing um the there was like a story being told in a comic kind of format so like you were tasked you were tasked as a trio of dancers to help someone overcome some objective like like you know with the girl there was one story with a girl who had to babysit bad kids and um you know you'd get them dancing and it was just oh my gosh it was just such a good game check it out on youtube it's so funny it's so fun definitely would recommend picking it up if you have a ds or 3ds um my next game um would be and i I mean you can't really have you can't really have a handheld and not want to play final fantasy and um what was so cool was that um nintendo and square at this point they had already started mending up their previous kind of uh stance you know everybody talks about how you know if they didn't if you know if nintendo didn't slight square back in the day then they wouldn't have gone exclusive to sony and put seven out over there and then everything else that came out after it and you know there was just this big debacle um but what they did once they once they mended fences was they basically started re-releasing a lot of their original six titles um one more most notable was uh final fantasy 4 now i'll tell you straight up i never really played any of the original six the well final fantasy final fantasy 6 that was the first game i'd ever played on snes well i didn't even play it i was actually observing it and i remember you know my first time ever seeing an snes somebody was playing uh six and i was like oh this game looks really really fun i think i want an snes um but for the longest time in history i hadn't known about you know one or two or three or four or five 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 still today i've never played never played five um 
but I was really interested in four because I remember, um, you know, they were talking about this dragoon, and I and and when as soon as I heard dragoon, I started thinking Sid from uh, Final Fantasy VII. And I'm like, okay, if you're telling me that that I can main that as my person, then I'm good. And little did I find out that you know that was initially the case, but it didn't end up being the case going forward. Um, so, so um, yeah, I I played a lot of it. Still to this day, haven't beaten it. Um, but it was it was again when I even remember when I bought three, um, Final Fantasy three. I think they also did that on DS. Um, and they did a different interpretation on the graphics. It, it was a different graphic style, which can or you know it, it i don't know how you want to argue it like me i never care you know that that you know they take a different graphical approach making games for people you know in that time or space but you know you got so many people who are riding on this wave of oh they need to do the sprites the regular sprites and you know it has to be original it's like dude like whatever like i like i i this gave me a chance to play one of the final fantasies so um it it was good what it was good for what I played. I did it, you know, I never looked at it and said it was a bad game. I didn't think the graphics were bad. Um yeah. <laughs> Final Fantasy Four. What do you want? Um another game, this one this one actually I'd beaten and um and it was so surprising to me because I one, I never played um this series before this, and two, I couldn't understand how I was having more fun with this series then final fantasy and that's dragon quest 5 now dragon quest 5 um was a game that i just picked up because i thought the protagonist looked like a character from dragon ball z and this is before the internet was like super super informative like you still had forums and stuff like that but um you know information like wikipedia and stuff just wasn't as prominent it wasn't like you know like you know you couldn't just go into google and who was the art person on the it, it wasn't like that um and if it was i just didn't know how to do it but um but dragon quest 5 i picked it up because it looked like it was dragon ball z and um little did i know that the artist who had drawn dragon ball had also done uh dragon quest and had also drawn uh the art style for chrono trigger um and I was just super surprised, but the game was so much more fun. Like I don't know why I enjoyed it so much more, but I I loved it, and and I just invested so much time into grinding and overcoming, you know, the story and and where it took me, and I it just hands down one of my favorites, and it really pains me that currently the dragon quest games that they've released on the ds are now going for like hundreds of dollars like i don't i didn't realize how rare uh the the games were because i didn't i didn't purchase another uh dragon quest after that um on the handhelds i didn't even attempt to and at some point i'd sold dragon quest 5 which i just sorely wish i did not do because this game was just so good just so good and if i if i do have a chance to get that game for under a hundred dollars i will absolutely bite and take that game um because it is it is so much worth going through again and again and again um because the story's good the characters are amazing um the gameplay is just fantastic definitely recommend it you know if you've never played dragon quest this is definitely one that you want to give a little bit of TLC to because man it is fantastic um my next game is um not really a game at all but I think for what it brought to the experience of having a DS it was pretty cool and it's Brain Age um and Brain Age was I remember when Brain Age came out um you know it was one of those games that it just kind of got pegged as like the game for your mom you know like but it was little it was more than that because the thing about it is that it incentivized you to want to 
you know, improve yourself. So like they'd have all these different um, tests and quizzes and things of that sort, which you would do daily. Like I, I think I think there were like four different uh, categories that you did daily. You did a math. I think you did a logic. I think you did a vocabulary and it was something else. And um, and you only have one time. You only have one chance to do it. You only have one freaking chance to do it. And your your points either went up that day or down that day. So it really incentivized you to like really stay on your toes when it came to like the math and all that stuff because you wanted to improve your score. So it was always awesome to like show somebody, you know, um, you know who either they had their own DS or, you know, whatever you say, Hey, look at my score. My scores, you know, this, that, and the other, I don't, I don't really remember the, the tier as far as the scores, but I, I remember like I used to get up, I used to anticipate that game every day because I just wanted to improve, improve, improve that score. And so much so that I'd actually gotten so, you know, um, hungry to play that game. I would literally get up at midnight just so I could play, but then it, but then I'd ruin it because it was like for the for the entire day where I'm actually awake and aware, I had no way to play that game, you know. So it was always in my backpack with everything else, and it was like I want to really play some Brain Age, and you just couldn't um, because I mean, you I think you could do like practice things, but you know, all I really wanted to do was just improve that score, and that was just a daily thing. So um, it's so crazy because they've only released one other game or maybe yeah i think one other game as a sequel and then i think they did release something for the nintendo switch but it's only in japan but man they they gotta bring that game back it's so fun and if they can find a way to like uh especially with online technology now where we're comparing um people's different scores and where people stand in you know in the realm of like math and vocabulary and logic and this that and the other man, just will be so fun. But no, probably, you know, knowing the internet will probably be a way to turn some turn something against someone. Somebody will probably tweet out your score and be like, look at this dumb bastard with his 58 in math. <laughs> you know, like, dude, like, why do we have to be evil? <laughs> like, let's just, let's just play games. Um, <laughs> the next one, uh, it's really a no brainer. I don't even know why, you know, I, I, I don't see, I don't see this not being a game mentioned in anybody's list of games that they would um have with their top ds games and it is phoenix Wright ace attorney like this is the game that really set it up i mean yeah the original game came out on the on the advance but when it hit the ds and the dual screen action just the best man just the best um and I'm not gonna say anything about Apollo Justice. I've, I mean, I've I played one Apollo Justice game, wasn't really into it. Um, but Phoenix Wright, the original trilogy, one of the best interactive visual novels ever. Like, there's no comparison with anything. Um, to this day, I will still go through the original trilogy and. It's so odd how I don't hold on to every single factor of how to get through a case. So I'm always stumped and need the sleuth and need to, you know, find a way to, you know, prove guilt or prove innocence. And it's like, it's the best, man. And and this is one of those games where under no circumstance of time have I ever felt the incentive to go and find a strategy guide or go and read a, a FAQ or anything. No, you, you, you figure a game like this out because when you do figure it out and you get, you get that, you know, key to whatever question or puzzle you're doing, man, the, the, the feeling and the adulation of just overcoming that obstacle is so powerful. And, and I'm telling you, it doesn't get old. I have literally been playing the original trilogy for years and I still play today and it's just it's just a fantastic game really really awesome cases I still think the very first game is the best in everything they've offered I just loved all the cases in that one um and yeah I 
if you got a DS, if you got a 3DS, if you got a Nintendo Switch, because I, I have I have them on everything. I even have I even have it on PC. Any anytime they release it, I get it. And and I have it for everything. It's such a fun series. If you haven't played the original trilogy of Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, do yourself a favor. <laughs> um and my number ten is such an odd pick that I don't think a lot of people are going to um think about firstly or agree with secondly secondly but it's a game called deep in blue um deep in blue is it's an odd game but it's a game i like and like okay so it's basically castaway meets cooking mama so you you're you're stranded on an island and you basically have to build yourself up to some point of survivability where you're not just going to die overnight. Right. And, and it's, it, to me, it was just so fun. And I've played the game multiple times. I've actually, I actually um, have a bid going on right now to get the game. I think my phone just went off and told me I won the bid. Um, Got it for a pretty good price too, thirteen dollars. So it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, and and you you know you go around and you collect twigs and stuff for fire. Um, you know they have the little interactive things that you do. Um, you know with the with the uh, stylus to rub the twigs together, and then you got to blow into the microphone for um, you know to to get the the heat or the oxygen kind of going and whatever oh man so interactive you know when you're cooking food you got to make sure just like in cooking mama to turn the food at the right time otherwise it wasn't going to be all the way done and it, oh my god um i i enjoy the game i know i know you know people will hear this and they'll go look this up on youtube and they'll be like this is the dumbest game in the world but no it's really not it's super awesome it's super charming it's very very fun it's super cool to see how far you can get your character because i got to a point where i got to a point where i i think i had a couple of different um stations like i originally had a station that was like close to the beach and then we got one that was like more towards the jungle like on a cliff and i think it was like next to a waterfall or something and then you know we, we i got more resources so i started getting berries and i think at some point i started hunting animals and it was just you know and i was already fishing and and doing that so it was it was a lot of things that that progressively were changing and it's like you just get so caught up in it and you just want to make sure that you know you're uh you're doing as much as you can to you know even though it's incrementally you're just doing as much as you can to to build your sustainability and hopefully overcome the game. I haven't seen Endgame yet, um, you know, because every time some other game comes out and I get into that. But, man, it, it's definitely one of those games that has to stay in my 10 rotation just so I can have that random uh, bit of quirky fun. So what are some of your uh, favorite nintendo ds games i know i didn't mention some of the top games of the ds i know that you know like i said i didn't mention any mario games any zelda games any metroid games but what were your favorites if you have any um oddities that you know maybe a lot of people haven't played do you plan on getting far cry 6 have you played any far cry at all which is your favorite far cry game um are you planning on getting metroid dread um have you seen the Squid Game on Netflix? And also, how do you feel about the things that Dave Chappelle has said on his Netflix special? Uh, would love to hear from you guys. Um, you guys are always awesome uh, when you when you uh, give me the feedback over on Podbean. Um, really appreciate every person that listens. You guys always show up and show out, and it really does uh, give me uh, a boost in confidence when you guys support me the way that you do all over every single country it's just really really amazing to know that people want to listen to you know what i have to say and what i'm talking about so thank you thank you thank you very much i think you guys are awesome and as always i ask take care of yourselves and each other and i will see you guys next time bye guys